For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. And we're here for a special crossover episode for you today. We do a baseball episodes every once in a while. New Maryland basketball every once in a while. This is a little bit of a weird one with a weird origin we're going to get into. But we're going to talk about the Wrexham Football Club. You may have seen the show on Hulu. I'm right about that, right, Spencer? That's, that, that's correct, yeah. Hulu, yeah. Uh, In the US. Welcome to Wrexham. And I'm sure a lot of you have also seen Ted Lasso. But we have with joining us today is Spencer Harris, who is the former director of the Wrexham Football Club. Prior to a monumental change that came about that is documented very well in the episode, we're going to get into a little bit about this. Uh, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about English football, English slash Welsh football, let's make it that, that way, and the, uh, the the promotion system and a very weird in-season tournaments that conflict with their schedule a little bit. And Spencer's going to tell us a lot about that. So, Spencer, first of all, thank you for coming on. And, and tell us a little bit about your background with Wrexham. Hey, Ken. Very nice to be on. Thank you for the invite. Uh, so my my background with Wrexham, I, I'm a long-standing football, maybe in the US you'd know it as soccer, but football uh, supporter. I've supported Wrexham AFC all of my life, and I had the privilege of being a director of the club in the period 2011 to 2021. So I was... the, the the football club was owned by a community benefit society. So the Wrexham community owned it, fully professional football club, averaging around 5,000 supporters per game whilst uh, we were running the club. And then um, was part of, uh, or, or if you like, the primary mover behind the, uh, the sale of Wrexham AFC to Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, a Canadian slash US crossover, uh, who now... Um, own the football club and bring all sorts of celebrities here to North Wales. So we've seen if you've seen the show, you know it is just an unbelievable star power that these two bring, and and it's there's something it's it's a comical show, and I really love it because of the Rob McElhaney is really a B level star. I'm gonna go just go ahead and say this right now. I hope I I, I might be insulting somebody there, but he's a B level star. Who was who was a star of. Um, uh the philadelphia show what's it called yeah it's, it's always sunny, sunny. in F- philadelphia right so it's always so, so <laughs> sunny in philadelphia and of course ryan reynolds has been on things for about 20 years in the u.s uh with his major one of his major roles being deadpool but he's in all sorts of commercials and whatnot and he's really an a-list star now uh in the u.s but these two came together and i think it was rob's idea originally to buy the team right that, that that's correct. During uh, COVID lockdown, um, an, an associate of Rob's, uh, Humphrey Kerr, would always he, he's a, a a guy from from England, and he was always watching um, football during their breaks from filming in the US, and he got Rob interested in that way in the rules, 
uh, and uh, and and Rob had the idea and brought uh, Ryan Reynolds on board with him. All right, so uh, uh, the, the the two of them came in to to try and make an offer to to buy the team and whatnot. Um, give me an idea of maybe Wrexham football of your youth and Wrexham football of you know the mid twenty teens and what had happened. It'd been a number of years in the same league uh, for, for Wrexham. Yes, so, so Wrexham is the third oldest professional football club anywhere in the world and the ground the, the stadium that we play at is known as the race course and the race course is the oldest international football stadium still in use anywhere in the world so the first uh, the first um, football international which was between Wales and Scotland was he- held there in the 1870s believe it or not and there is a black and white footage of that of that game so Wrexham long-standing very historical club when I was uh, growing up in the late 70s and early 80s Wrexham if you think about um football very different in in English football versus American sports so there is a league system from which you can get promoted so if you can imagine a lot of people will know the Premier League where you've got your Manchester United's and your Arsenal's and your Liverpool's the, the division below that is now known as the championship but back in the late 70s early 80s it was division two so it wasn't the Premier League it was division one two three four and then there was divisions uh, that was non-professional below that. So um, Wrexham, when I was growing up, was in the second tier, if you like, what's now known as the championship. Okay. So first of all, the concept of promotion is really foreign to a lot of American fans prior to a few years ago. Now, a lot of people know about it now, and a lot of them from watching Ted Lasso or Welcome to Wrexham or a few other English Premier League games if you if for people who become a fan of that but the concept is very foreign i remember a, a dutch guy explaining it to me in about 1990 and i was like how how can they have any stability how can the the, the owners know what they have in terms of ownership and uh you know what kind of a what kind of a change in value is it for moving up or down a league just in a relative sense it can be absolutely massive the financial gains of moving up from one division to another are quite uh, significant the biggest leap is from what's now the second tier the championship to the premier league where we're talking in in a hundred million pounds difference between income in one level to the next so it's a it's a gargantuan step not quite as big a step as you sort of drop down the leagues, but still we're talking multiple millions of, of pounds um, as you drop down um, through the divisions. So very often what teams will do, they will guard against uh, against relegation, um, as it's known, if you drop down um, through the, the types of contracts that they may offer to uh, to players over the duration of their contract and their contract value might go up if they achieve promotion up to the next level it becomes quite it's quite you're quite right it can be bring a level of instability it also brings with it high excitement because being a, a jets fan in uh, nfl <laughs> You know, who've perennially been sort of third or fourth in their in in their uh, division of the AFC, 
there's no consequence for Woody Johnson if if he doesn't invest properly in the team or or the have yet another poor season they don't fall out they get the same income they get the it's all very stable but there's no jeopardy there there's and there's and there's yes there's a reward if you do better but the jeopardy isn't there and that jeopardy brings with it excitement okay so what i've always been told about the about leagues which have the possibility of promotion or relegation is that the competition is very high at the top and it's very high at the bottom but in the middle of the table as you'd say, there is there, and and there are often what twenty or twenty four teams per per level. Yes, so it's it's normally it's normally twenty four teams per level, but there is another but to this in in the um, in the promotion. It may be so uh, two or three teams who would get automatic promotion, but what happens now? There's a playoff system, so the first sort of two or three teams depending on the division. Some divisions have two, some have three. Um, the first, the first two or three get automatic promotion for finishing first or second, let's say, and the next four teams go into a playoff. Mm-hmm. So actually, because the number comes down to the sixth or seventh team at the end of the season, still have an opportunity for promotion. What that means is that actually until quite late in the season, very often multiple teams still have the opportunity to uh, to, to either fall into the relegation slots or to get a chance at, at being in the playoffs for promotion. So that extends the season. So you don't get this malaise of sort of 10, 12 teams sat in the middle saying I'm all, all right and uh, I'm not putting in the effort. Okay, so there's no divisions the way the NFL has eight divisions. That you know, you, your 24 teams are are in one table. It's a one home and home match against each team. Correct, correct. season. Yeah. That's so correct. 46 games then for for everybody. Are there any changes in that at various levels? Like they have only 38 games and they don't play somebody at home every other year nope. or something. No, so the only difference is in the Premier League, actually. In Divisions 2, 3 and 4 of the English Football League, there is 46 uh, games. uh, uh, You have the 24 teams, 46 home, 46 away games. In the Premier League, there's only 20 teams. So they have less uh, games to play. And the rationale behind that is in the Premier League, the top teams end up going into European competition and have a number of other of other competitions on top in season, which means, you know, if they were trying to play 46 games, league games as well, just would not be possible. Okay, so let's talk about that also, because this has just come to the NBA, having an in-season tournament where they're trying to replicate some of what Europe has in terms of additional excitement. But you have the FA Cup brings together um, teams from all the divisions of English football. Divisions, give me the correct term for that, the leagues of English football, levels of English football. That's right. That's right. So um, anybody, the, the amazing thing about the FA Cup is that anybody can enter it. If you've got a registered team with the English FA or the Welsh FA, you can enter uh, and you play in the English league system. You can play in the FA Cup. So the FA Cup actually starts in August and you have hundreds and hundreds of teams who compete and they all go through pre-qualifying rounds. And in theory, um, somebody who's playing virtually 
actually park level football could get to the final and win the FA Cup. So what you find is teams from, you know, who are not in the top four divisions of, of the English system sometimes get all the way, you know, to quite far. And what happens is at the third round of the FA Cup, that's when the big teams such as your Manchester United, your Liverpools, uh, your Arsenals and Tottenham's of this world, they enter the FA Cup at the third round. So that's the magic round where all of the smaller teams are trying to get to so that they've got the opportunity of trying to um, of to draw one of the big boys. OK, so so and is it the top two divisions come in at the third round or just the top, just the Premier League? So it's the the uh, the football league. So the top four divisions come in at the at the first round. So so sorry, divisions two, three, and four come in at uh, round one, and then at round three, you then also bring in the Premier League teams as well. Okay, so Wrexham has had some pretty decent results in the FA Cup recently, and that's really unusual for a. Well, actually, let's get back to this because I want to I want to talk about the history of Wrexham a little bit first and 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 where they were, where they by the mid 2010s were and then what's happened since Robin Ryan bought the team. So talk a little bit about okay. the history from the 70s. OK, so when I was growing up, as I said earlier, Wrexham were in the second tier of football. Then they dropped all the way down to the fourth uh, tier of football by the uh, by the early 2000s and then unfortunately we had some unscrupulous owners and the club actually dropped out of what's known as the football league into the fifth uh, tier of football and that's when um, the supporters had to come together to take over the running of the football club through a community benefit society because the the club was in danger of actually going out of business so it's a fully professional club um, so the supporters uh, took over the running of that and appointed a board of directors to run the affairs of the business on their behalf of which I was one of five people uh, asked uh, to do that so we've gone from the second tier all the way down to the fifth tier, which is now known as non-league, out of the football league. It's still a professional league. There's three or four semi-professional teams in, in that division, but most of the teams are still fully professional, the fifth tier down. Um, and uh, we were there in that division for the entire ownership of where I was involved in running, of the, running of the club. So because we were community-owned, um, we didn't have the biggest budgets. We did have big crowds for that level of football, as I said earlier, 5,000 to all of our home games. So our crowds were big, but so were our costs with our big stadium. So it was very difficult. Um, but we stayed at that level for, for 10 years. Now, one of the things that captured very well on the show was the state of the race course itself. That while beautiful old facility, it's got this pub built in right underneath the stadium which is kind of like the i don't know the fan central of the of, of the place but yep. talk a little bit about the state of one of one set of stands had, had kind of crumbled away right so yeah so prior so um prior to us actually taking ownership of of the the team the previous owners shut one end of the the stadium known as the cop um, when it was last opened in 2008, it was the largest standing area still open, a football stadium in the UK. 
huge expanse of uh, of standing area you could get up to 13,000 people stood on that one area of of the ground um but it was shut and it was crumbling away you can find pictures of it the the concrete had failed and therefore that was shut during the entirety of our ownership of the ten years, we didn't have the money to um, uh, to, to redevelop it. Um, but what we did do is get national government to purchase all of the the land around that uh, around that uh, area of the the stadium, in order for when somebody else came in, we could redevelop it and then return international football back uh, to North Wales. And okay. and that's that that's the current plan with Rob and Ryan. So let's back to the standing stance for just one more second. Has that's been there have been some incidents I know at certainly at concerts and other things. And it's it's not specific to the UK at all, but um, where standing stands have been very dangerous because there's a lot of pressing and people. Uh, you know, get, if if the if those standing room areas get overloaded, you you end up with some potential for injuries, right? Uh, that that's correct. So in British football at lower level so in the bottom in the bottom two tiers if you like the um in the the fourth division and the third division of english football you can still have standing areas so there are many grounds around the country that still remain to have standing level uh, standing areas if you want to go up to the premier league you have to have a, a fully seated stadium or a stadium that has um, safe standing, which are rail seats, and those are se- those are uh, those are designated standing areas, which has got a seat that you can just lock up, so people can actually stand up in those areas, and it's known as safe standing. So that that is being introduced in the Premier League. Chelsea, for example, have some safe standing areas within their stadium. Okay, all right. Uh, so. I guess let's talk talk a little bit about Rob and Ryan coming in and and what were their goals in terms of obviously all they talk about ever on the show is well not all they talk about but a very significant portion of the show is about the possibility of getting promoted and the the chess moves they need to make to get there. Yes, yeah, so uh, so Rob and Ryan came in with two, if you like, key goals. One was around community actually. And they've done a heck of a lot in the community. They've made all sorts of donations to different group and individual causes, as well as using the the power of the brand that Wrexham AFC has has got now to do good in the local area. So there's been a huge focus on community, um, whether that be wheelchair, football through to all, all sorts of different things. And then the second piece that they wanted to do was to gain promotion. So Rob and Ryan, you know, they if you if you look at um, Rob has, has got huge ambitions, wants to take the club all the way to the Premier League. And Ryan has got a very savvy business record. If you look at um, the sale of his aviation gin to Diageo or you look at Mint Mobile in the US, you've got Maximum Performance, his um, his uh, marketing company, which does some great things, actually did a, a, a Super Bowl halftime advert for, for Stoke Coffee, uh, Cold Brew Coffee, that actually featured the Wrexham ma- mascot being played by Anthony Hopkins, the, the famous <laughs> Welsh actor. So that was on at halftime at the uh, at the Super Bowl. So they've 
they're very business savvy. And what they wanted to do was gain promotion so that they can take the club up the leagues and grow it and increase the value of, of that business. And they set about that through, um, you know, they needed to invest in, in the playing squad, invest in some upgrade to the stadium. And that's what they've been doing. But very cleverly at the same time, they've been massively um, uh, driving the income levels of the business through the power of, of their brand and what they can do around the world. Um, and, and that's made a remarkable difference. So I'll give you an example to that. Uh, when I was a director of the football club, the, the sort of the, the turnover, turnover of the business in pounds was around, depending on a really good season where we might have had a good player sale, might have been at a high watermark of around 3.8 million. Okay, turnover is revenue to, to an American business? Correct. So okay. what's, your, what, what's your revenue of the business? Okay, what's your total income of that, uh, of that business? And that's so a gross we, income, not a net income. Is the is the correct gross yep. gross income? So we we would have been turning over around three point eight at a high watermark, down to around two million at low watermark, depending on what happened. A good cup run or a good player sale, all of that. So that would be the the high and the low point. The turnover of the business this year will be somewhere in the region of twenty five uh, million pounds. So. In effect, they've created 10 football clubs out of one in terms of the the the, uh, the revenue or the turnover, as, as I might know it. Now, some of that is from being one league higher, but how much of it is the power of the brand now in terms of the, the amount of Wrexham jerseys you're selling? And and the is the success of the show at all tied to that, or is that strictly Robin Ryan money that is outside of the Wrexham football club? So the the advantage, the additional straight income from going one league higher, I'm going to net that out at about £1.5 million per year mm-hmm. income, there or thereabouts. So so the rest of the growth, probably £20 million of it, is through uh, income through the show, through uh, the branding. Now, I'm wearing uh, one of my wrecks and tops with United Airlines on, on the front, right? United Stoke Cold Brew Coffee. Um, I've got uh, HP um, on on the sleeve. All of the commercial partnerships that we've got, um, our, our home revenue now, our, our gates at the stadium has gone from averaging 5,000 per game to 12,500 a game and the stadium sold out at 12,500. We could sell many more tickets from that. So when you add all of those different bits together, that's what's driving that revenue. Have, has, uh, in terms of actual ticket prices, have has that been increased much over the last couple of years with, with the success? No, the, the, we, we have seen a, a, a small inflation uh, increase but not significantly, no. So they've not doubled, trebled, quadrupled the price of the tickets. They're virtually um, what they were as uh, as when I was running the club. Okay, so the the the, the ticket sale gains is all er- very arithmetic in terms of Correct. what you could gain out of that. But the but the branding is potentially geometric, and that's where you you know having a show on TV where the where the uniforms say United Airlines on the front is a hell of a lot better than just having a a, a game. <laughs> where yeah, people are there, even a TV broadcast. 
Absolutely. And in the summer, in our pre-season last year, we went to the US and played um, a number of friendlies. We actually played Manchester United and Chelsea in the US and sold out stage. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Stadiums, 50, 60,000 stadiums um, where, you know, there were as many Wrexham fans there as there were Chelsea or Manchester United. So it's incredible, really, the the impact of what's happened with Wrexham and the partnership uh, with the US. I mean, I was on a US-based Wrexham podcast this week um, called Teach Me How to Wrexham, where, you know, it's uh, where, where there's an American guy, really nice guy from Arizona, who is, um, who's showing and talking to a uh, American audiences, how they can understand more about uh, football or, you know, soccer, as you'll know it by, and uh, and more about Wrexham and, and the, the, the division it's in and the city and things. So really unbelievable uh, numbers of people actually coming over for the games from the U.S. as well. Now, tremendously heartwarming TV show, by the way, which I'd recommend to people. And a lot of it they do talk about promotion. They talk about the operation of the club, but they also very much into the individual stories of the Wrexham community. And I, I don't really want to honestly spend a lot of time on this on on, on this particular show, but it is something that I I think people will really enjoy. And there's there's a lot of individual stories, and it's not just about the players. There's some of that certainly, but but it's also about the fans. And and you know one of the ones that was really of interest to me was the decidedly weird podcaster who seems to be central to the to several of the episodes he's, he's appeared probably on eight episodes or maybe more uh, by now who seems to follow the club yeah there's um there's a number of characters um and there's many more characters you'll know being a, a ravens fan right uh, around the stadium and in the fan base there'll be some real characters who might dress up at the games or whatever we've got a number of characters around uh, as uh, around our football some are shown some not one i'll tell you a story there's one guy called he's he's a uh, his guy must be in his late 50s i would say now maybe early 60s and they call him Timmy the Bush Kangaroo, and and he actually um, he on the away tra- travel trips on the bus, they they sing his song Timmy the Bush Kangaroo, and he hops like a kangaroo up and down the aisle of the bus, yeah. uh, you know, just absolutely bonkers. Um, but there's you know there's so many characters around a sports team. You know, um, Wrexham have got them. The Ravens will have some fantastic ones. Real um, fan Dan or Captain Defense, if you want to. Think yeah, of, of and, similar people. Yeah. Yeah. No, and 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 the Jets the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. They 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 have their guys. Uh, so uh, let's see. What do I say when I talk about this? Talk about uh, about the progress in the first. Now they're in the third season of ownership now uh, yep. with Robin Ryan, right? So talk about like kind of the outcome of each season from a, from a team perspective. 
So they took over the team midway in their first season. So um, w- when we left, I, I like to say when I left the club, we were uh, we were on course for promotion, <laughs> uh, which we were. And they they their first season, it was a half season. They just missed out on the playoffs from that fifth division to try and get in the playoffs to get back into the uh, in into the playoffs to go uh, up through promotion. So they missed out in their first season. Their second uh, season, they they reached the playoffs, um, but but failed in the playoffs. Actually, they they got beat. It was a tremendous game against a team called Grimsby Town, and it ended up five four. Which in football ter- terms is a really uh, really incredible game. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. And and I can remember being at that game. And I was just watching it and I was absolutely shattered just watching the game. It was awful. Anyway, so it, so in their first season and a half, they failed. So that that episode that covers that game is the last episode, I believe, of the first season, right? Of the, yeah, of the show. Right. Yeah. A absolutely unbelievable back and forth match that that uh it's just one of those things it's like you this you wouldn't believe it if you if you just if you just saw saw the way it was done and it was a bunch of lead changes wasn't it, it was two goals for one then two goals for the other a lot of the time that's right um it swung one way and another the the one team went ahead then the other team went ahead um and it was just heartbreaking at the end to uh to lose it five four so so in their first you know in the first season of the show you see the first season and a half but it's it's if you like it's two endings to two separate seasons in which they didn't end with promotion then in their uh, in their if you like the third or the second season of the documentary and um, their their uh, their third season of ownership of the club they actually end up get getting uh, promoted and it's an amazing season because it's the first uh, Wrexham end up the season winning, winning the division and getting automatic promotion with 111 points. And from that fifth division, there's only one automatic promotion place and everybody mm-hmm. else goes in the playoffs. And they battle all season with a team called Notts County. Notts County, we're the third oldest professional club in the world. Notts County are the oldest professional f- football club anywhere in the world. Juventus, the famous Italian team, wear a black and white striped kit that they copied Notts County's kit. So that's how, um, you know, how storied and old a club Notts County are. And we battled all season. And it came down to the last couple of games of the season. And Notts County came to the race course, their home of, of Wrexham. And both both teams were on a hundred points. It's the first time in the history of British football where two clubs have ended up at the end of the season with a hundred points or more. So there's there's two games to go. Both teams are on a hundred points, and it's almost a winner takes all game. And it ends up. Um, back and forth uh, Wrexham are losing at half time 1-0 and it ends up uh, with the last 5 minutes of the game Wrexham are actually winning 3-2 and um Notts County get a penalty which is a kick from eight, uh, from 18 yards and um or 15 yards sorry within the 18 yard uh, area and a, a, a shot to try and uh, score 
and they just got to score that and it's 3-3 and then maybe the the season ends up uh, differently but Wrexham had brought back uh, a 40 40 uh, uh, plus year old goalkeeper who'd played for us when he was in his early 20s called Ben Foster, somebody who was an ex-England international um, and played for Manchester United. Uh, he left Wrexham to go to, to Manchester United and um, he saved the penalty. It was the most unbelievable save because the lad hit a great penalty. There was nothing wrong with the penalty. Um, and, and Ben saved it with one hand, but it was still going in and he managed to get his other hand to it and clawed it away. And that won us the game and, and won us promotion. It was the most unbelievable end to a season. Now, just just the, the story with that goaltender really brings up a lot of the value of the star power and the brand that Wrexham has. Because now, as I understand it, Wrexham pretty much is one of the teams that looks up to buy talent to bring back down. But they're a very attractive landing spot now for a player who's trying to have a prove-it year, as we'd call it in the NFL. Correct. So um, so Wrexham now uh, tend to, when we were running the club, we would sort of be looking at players below us who were trying to make their way up. Wrexham now is looking at players at a higher level from which they currently play to constantly to try and raise the bar and be ready to help get promoted to that next level, but to be ready to play there once they arrive at the level and they have the spending power to be able to do it. So um, a little bit like going from, um, you know, being a a minor league uh, baseball team spending power to being the, the Yankees, right. Um, uh, With a, you know, the, the top spenders in their particular division. Now, they won't be able to do that right the way through the leagues yep. because in, in British football, by the time you get to the top level divisions, they're actually owned by nation states. Some of the teams like Manchester City is owned by, uh, you know, the by Dubai. You know, the, it, it's incredible as you get further up the, uh, the pyramid, the amount of money in uh, in English football, but certainly at the levels they are, they are the top spenders, and they are a really attractive proposition, not just from a financial perspective to come and play at the racecourse, but also because at an individual uh, level, you get exposure now playing for Wrexham that that you wouldn't get other than if you played for a Manchester United or a Liverpool. All right, so we've seen Maureen and I have watched all the, both seasons that have been out. The third season will be out uh, uh, sometime soon, right? October. It no, it's actually coming out early this year. It's coming out. I think it's April the eighteenth from memory. I know it's April, so it's actually coming out fairly soon. It will come out before the end of this season, which is a how can a they do really, that? It's a really different play, so I'm not sh- I'm not sure of how it will be done, but I'm sure they will be editing as they go, and then as the season the season is due to finish, so the the last game of the regular season is right at the end of April, um, it's something like April the thirtieth or something mm-hmm. like that, right at the end of April. Now, should they get automatic promotion, their season would end there. Uh, and you know the story could end there if they end up in the playoffs the playoffs go on till mid may um so it, it you know it's going to be really interesting to see how they actually do that 
Okay, so it, could it be the case where they release the episodes one at a time, one per week, and then they and then they go like a hard knocks. You you actually get the real time training camp view kind of thing. Yeah, I I think that's I don't know for you know I I'm 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 surmising and I'm I'm basing my answer on assumptions, but my assumptions is that's what will happen. They they've been editing as they go, and that they will release them you know a, a, an episode per week that allows them to tell the story beyond the end of the season, but much more in real time than some of the other shows have done. So if because they've been coming out in the sort of the october time and that's drawn a lot of fans in but now people know what the ending to the the story is quite some some time in advance this is bringing the story very very close um to to real time or as close to real time as they could possibly get it which is a an interesting new concept yeah it sounds like a great idea and and I, this I, I think that the information is out there, so I don't think we're spoiling it for this year. But Wrexham now, some recent difficulty, lost three of their last four to some not great teams. They did they did beat the yep. very bottom of the table team this last uh, in their in their last game, but they still remain fourth, which is in solid position to go ahead and make the tournament. But they were a much better chance, I think, to get automatic promotion, uh, say two weeks ago. Yeah, that, that's right. So the, the 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 three defeats on the row that we had, other teams have have sort of taken stolen a march on us and 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 had some good results and and sort of gone ahead of us in in the table, leaving us in fourth. So in our division, there's three automatically promoted, and then the next four teams play off and have the playoff tournament at the end of the season. We still in our fourth position. We do have a cup. We've played a couple of games less than the teams above us because of our in-season tournament in the FA Cup and is going so far. We had to cancel some league games to play the FA Cup, and therefore we're behind in our schedule. So if we win, and it's always an if, if we win our games in hand or the games that we we have that we played behind, then we uh, then we will go back into an automatic. Uh, promotion slot so fingers crossed we've seen the last of our poor run of results okay so it's it's three automatic promotions and then one of four correct okay all right interesting i didn't know that um but anyway that's uh that'll be fascinating i'm sure it'll be fun to watch and you can you can pick this up a lot of different places uh anything else about rex and football that we haven't heard about maybe something some some story that it's important to you from your youth to now and how Wrexham football has changed, uh, whether it's for the better or for the worse. I think the, the only thing I would say is um, football in, in Wrexham is very much a generational thing. So if you can imagine, um, I know the NFL is about 58 years old. Is it now that was that the 58th uh, Super Bowl or is it a hundred? Yeah, so, wow. so the, the so Super, Super Bowl concept is a is a later invention. Is a later um, invention when the AFL and NFL came together. So, okay, well there you there you go. So uh, I stand corrected, um, but it's a generational. Uh, it's a generational. The the Wrexham AFC has been going since eighteen sixty four. So that's around. Um, is, is that around the time of the uh, the American Civil, Civil War? War? Yep, that, that's right. So it's it's been going for a long time and. And the 
supporting the team has been passed down from generation to generation. And my father took me when I was really small um, to the games. And if Wrexham would score, he would throw me up in the air. Um, and I never, ever forgot that feeling. And it, it, for many people, have had the same experience. And it's something that gives you an opportunity to uh, enjoy with the family. But also the unique part of, I think, of, of Wrexham and the way in which it plays football is we are a Welsh football club that plays in the English football uh, league. And what that means is almost every week there are three other Welsh clubs that that do the same, Newport County, Cardiff City and Swansea City. So there's four of us. Um, the other 96 clubs um, out of or the 92 at the 96, the other 92 are English. So almost every week you're playing, it's Wales versus England. It's an international. Um, we sing our national anthem, uh, you know, my Hemwad van Hadai, uh, the land of my fathers, as it's translated into English. And the English uh, club will invariably sing god save the king or or whatever it is that they want to sing so it's almost like a mini international every single week which gives it a real unique spice that's that's uh that's very cool and certainly you know uh, ravens fans and many of the nfl fans travel well and so you might have have four or five thousand ravens fans at another city's game uh we're very fortunate because we live in the hub of an airline which will take you to any nfl city a southwest but uh uh, if is this the same is true for rexon a lot of bus travel uh for those games correct so we we tend to sell out our away allocation wherever we we go so this season in the division that we're in you sometimes you, you you can get some stadiums that can hold enough to give you three or four thousand um and we would take three or four thousand in the fa cup our last fa cup game was against uh blackburn rovers a championship club on a monday so this is a monday night a work night and we took seven thousand fans away to blackburn that's a couple of hours away but it's a on a monday night is 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 some uh, on tuesday night down to south london which is about four uh, four and a half hour um travel down there getting back in the very early hours of the morning we took a thousand fans down to sutton so we we travel particularly well wherever uh, wherever we go certainly for our level of of football there isn't a team that that um takes as many away fans all right so one thing spencer and i certainly have in common is is a lot of travel for sports but we also happen to meet in kenya uh, which is a weird thing and I, i'll tell you this is a, this is a kind of a funny story but that you're assigned your jeep mates as soon as you get there and there's usually three couples per Jeep that, that go with a single driver and they're there for the same period so they can have the same kind of animal rotation and you're not fighting over whether you want to see a leopard or a cheetah or a, or, or more lions today because lions are like deer there as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but the, but, but you, uh, you, you have the same kind of experience and opportunity to take photographs. So uh, Maureen and I were in the Jeep with two Welsh couples who lived 13 miles apart and didn't know each other. So it's really, really weird that that would happen uh, uh, there. But a lot of travel there, I guess, from uh, uh, from the UK, right? 
Yeah, so but the, the interesting thing, one thing you might not know about that Kenya trip as well, Ken, is that as well as that proximity that we had of somebody next to us on, uh, on, on the Jeep, we were in the restaurant uh, one night and there was somebody on the table next to me who's from my village who lives um who who lives I, I i didn't know the person but they recognized me from the football club uh, who lives less than probably as the crow flies about 500 meters from me so <laughs> so you know and we're in the middle of kenya in the middle of the of the the bush but yeah lots of travel uh with work i do a bit of u.s travel so i'm over in chicago in about six weeks time um so um yeah really looking forward to that but and and as a football fan i know you've traveled to the middle east to go to games you were talking about where were you talking about going to is it georgia or someplace you'd gone to a game or maybe it was dubai so so recently um so as well as a supporter of of Wrexham AFC, I'm also a supporter of the Welsh national football team. So um, we, I was in Qatar in November um, 22 for the World Cup. Yeah, was it 22 or 23? Yeah, 22. Uh, was it 22 or 23? Um, I can't remember. Was it? I think. Or I think you told me about it. So if it was an, it had so, to be yeah. Early. So it would in twenty two. Yeah. So it would have been twenty two. Um. So yeah, I was in Qatar. So I went to the World Cup, uh, and I actually watched Wales uh, play out a one one draw with um uh, with the USA in uh, in in Qatar. So that was a, an interesting experience, and then just a. a a few months ago, at the end of um, 2023, I went to watch Wales away in Armenia, um, which is, you know, an old Soviet um, state. So that was an interesting trip. And we're just planning our next trip, which will be to watch uh, Wales play away in Iceland. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to that trip. That's a nice, safe one. Yeah, Armenia, I don't know. <laughs> But, <laughs> but uh, very cool. Well, I, I really appreciate having you on, Spencer. Uh, lots of great stories here. W- would you like to give any place where people can talk Wrexham football with you? Or if they have a question about it, they could ask you someplace on Twitter, perhaps, or prefer to keep that private? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if if, if people were, I, my, I've got a Twitter handle, it's at Tada1973. Uh, Tada being T-A-D-A-1973. So you'll find me on Twitter there. Um, you'll find me posting about Wrexham AFC. You'll pa- find me posting loads of stuff about the Jets as well. I'm a massive Jets and uh, New York Jets fan. I, I know I, I always pick terrible teams to support, but I'm hoping next year with Aaron Rodgers, maybe we'll do a little bit, um, we'll do a little bit better and maybe make the playoffs. All right, very good. You can always hope, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, Jets still have CJ Mosley. He had a great year for them this uh, this last yeah, year. Yeah, he so. did. We're, we're, defense is fine. Nothing wrong with the defense. We need an offensive line, um, a couple of wide receivers, and we're good to go. <laughs> just just Babe Ruth and Sandy Koufax away from having a contender. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter. My historical show this offseason will be your favorite Raven who's not a star. So once there was a player kind of thing, uh, I want you to hit me up with those. I've already got six or seven players requested just off the list. Adelis Thomas, Derek Mason, Ovi Muhaley, Paul Kruger, and Jarrett Johnson. Everybody seems to want Jarrett Johnson. So come up with a player that was just special to you for some reason. Love to hear from you. I'll get back to you very quickly. We'll put you on the schedule.
Spencer, thanks a ton for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.